I'm a lot more gray than Steve is. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonato, and I'm here with my co-host, Steve Anderson. And tonight, we have a very special guest. Uh, it's Army-Navy week, and uh, we have the quarterback of the night. 1996 team, Ronnie Makeda with us. Not that's just a 1996 team, right? Ronnie, um, a quarterback for one of the best quarterbacks in Army football history. Let's just say it, Steve. Let's just let's just get it out there right now. So uh, well, we have Ronnie you. Makeda. Thanks. We appreciate, appreciate you coming on, Ronnie. Appreciate it. Glad to be on. Thanks uh, for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, Ronnie, it's a big week. Um, Army Navy. Um, so I think it's uh pretty fitting that we got a a guy that's had quite some success against Navy in his career um, on uh, on the night. So if uh, uh, let's just talk about this week. What, what's this uh, What's this week got uh, in Ronnie McKenna's life? Where, where are you watching the game on Saturday and uh, who are you watching it with? I'll be watching it home with my, with my kids. Um, I still got kids playing sports, high school sports. In fact, we got um, basketball on Saturday, so I'll be working it around that. But, uh, yeah, usually my I have two older boys. One's at SMU, one's a senior in high school, and then I have a daughter that's a freshman. So we'll find a place either here or out at a restaurant or something, but we'll catch the game somewhere. That's awesome. Right there with you. I got a, uh, I got a six-year-old basketball game kicking off at 12 Mountain Time. So I got – we're going to have to get out of there quick. They're about 50 minutes. So I'm I have done that many a times. Many a time. In fact, I was coaching on the sidelines in a – I don't know, fourth, fourth grade, fifth grade girls basketball game. And uh, my wife hollers at me from across the stands, Army won. And I'm start jumping up and down on the sidelines or on the, you know, on the bench over there because we won. Hopefully, hopefully your team it. was winning at that time. So it didn't look like you were cheering that. Right, right. Stuff like that. <laughs> so, um, Rod, I'm going to start with a quick story. Um, I was a, I was a junior at West Point and, uh, you know, we all, you know, Ben Kalwika, Coach Kalwika, um, big mentor of mine, you know, coached me at uh, prep school, um, instilled in us a lot of the same things you guys um, kind of preached on that 96 team, uh, 97 class, um, because that's what he knew Army football could be. And my prep school year was 2006. And as we know, there were some dark times in the early 2000s with Army football. And that's, you know, the passion – Coach Kawika led uh, the defensive team or the really the prep school guys with um, was something that he said was how you guys every single day. That was the mentality you guys had. Um, so I heard stories about, obviously, uh, you know, Ronnie Makeda, the quarterback. Um, everybody remembers the quarterback. Um, but I'll never forget. Fast forward three years later, you're in you're in the uh, the weight room at 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 uh, the Kinsey Center. And I hear you talking to say, uh, Satan, uh, Coach Swanson. And um, I know it's I know it's you. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go introduce myself to, to, to Ronnie McKenna. And I totally chickened out. <laughs> totally chickened out. And I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm not worthy yet. Uh, we're going to do something special this next year. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll gain the courage uh, to introduce myself. Sure enough, that next year we won a bowl game. Um, and I was like, man, I couldn't introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny, right so, there. That yeah, was, you should have come and introduced yourself. You had, uh, Ronnie, like you were the standard of what we, when I grew up as an Army football player, of what an Army quarterback was tough, 
determined, resilient, decisive, right? Athletic, all those things, um, you know, they were a little intimidating to an 18, 19 year old uh, football player who thought he was pretty impressive himself. So, um, well, you got, it was funny I'm when it about came athletic. down to, you know, making it happen. I was like, I'll just, I'll just do it later. I, oh, I don't want to bother him. He looks busy. You should have come up and said hello. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you were that intimidated because I I would have gladly put my arm around your neck and given you a big old hug. So yeah, yeah. Good, so you know? uh, good to catch up now. Um, and just on that note, Ronnie, kind of um, how we want to just start is um, you know what what lured you to to West Point, and then obviously a lot of things. What kept you there? Because it's not the easiest place to stay when you're an sure. athlete and you got you know, people flirting with you to come play for them somewhere else. Um, and then, you know, just kind of talk us through, you know, your, your, your kind of your path from like underclassmen to, to being a, you know, one of the senior leaders at, at on the army football team. Sure. Yeah. I actually have a, uh, you know, pretty unique story, honestly. And uh, uh, because my freshman year, my plebe year, I never dressed for a single football game, not one. In fact, uh, people always ask me, you know, Army-Navy games, the first Army-Navy game I ever saw, I was in the stands. I sat through it. And um, that first year was tough for me because, you know, I came out of Mesquite, Texas, which was a pretty big football program. The reason I went to West Point, one of the reasons I went to West Point, I blew out my knee my junior year in high school. I was getting recruited by everybody, you know, back then and letters from here and letters from there and thought I was big time, you know, I thought I was a big time guy and, and blew out my NEMA junior year. And of course, back then that was in 1991. And uh, back then you blew out your knee. You, they, you know, a lot of people thought your career was over at that point. Yeah. So, you know, the letters quit coming, but uh, one thing um, that kept my interest and kept coming was West Point, West Point, West Point. And the funny thing is I didn't know anything about West Point. In fact, my head football coach in high school, Mickey Delamar called me into his office one day and said, Hey, have you filled out these information letters for West Point? And I go, Coach, I don't even know what West Point is. And he said, Boy, let's sit down and talk. So, and the, and we had in high school, I, I got moved up my sophomore year to play quarterback on the varsity in high school. We ran the wishbone uh, my sophomore and junior year, but I had a, a decent arm. So my senior year, we actually went to the run and shoot offense. So I went from the wishbone to the spread bone my junior year, or to the spread option, and then to the uh, run and shoot my senior year. So I had done a little bit of everything through there. And so when he, uh, when Coach Delamar kind of explained to me what West Point was, I was very interested in the academic side. I wanted a high academic school. So that definitely intrigued me. Uh, didn't know a whole lot about the military, even though my dad was in Vietnam. He never talked about it. You know, we never had discussions about it or anything. He didn't have anything displayed, not even a picture of himself in the Army, you know. So we just, we just weren't a military family that talked about it. And uh, even though him and my grandfather were both in, in the Army. And uh, so I went for a visit to West Point. And we have a big crosstown rival here, North Mesquite. So the Mesquite-North Mesquite game every year is a, a huge game. Um, and I went to – when I went on my recruiting trip, obviously they showed me a, a clip of the Army-Navy game, right? And I'm sitting there watching that going, wow, this thing is 100 times – you know, in my mind as a high school kid, I'm like, this is 100 times bigger than, than the Mesquite-North Mesquite game. And I was like, I'd love to play in that one day. And uh, so really it boiled down to I wanted a high academic school. I wanted to play D1 football. And with everything else that went on, West Point was kind of my only choice at that point, uh, unless I was going to go walk on somewhere because Missouri had decided not to sign me. A&M had decided not to sign me. 
Rice had canceled my trip the day I was supposed to go on the trip. So um, it was kind of left my only option. And my dad was like, well, you can uh, you can go walk on at A&M, but you're going to walk on. You know, they're not going to give you much of a look. You're going to have to get a job because I'm not paying for everything there. And you're going to be working your butt off just to try to make a team. And I was like, you know, what? West Point looks pretty good. I think I'll go there because I'm not paying <laughs> Uh, until they shaved my head and, you know, put me in black socks and, you know, buddy Holly glasses and make, make you walk around like an idiot. But then you lay in bed that first night going, what in the world did I get myself into? Right. And nobody else experiences that. Nobody else that goes to college unless you go to one of the academy experiences that Steve, you know that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, no, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, the old it's shaved crazy. head, book in hand. Yes. Just yeah. uh, looking like, looking at uh, not looking quite like an athlete. No, not at all. You, I guess. Nothing like an athlete. And I wasn't much of an athlete back then anyway. I was 6'3 and came out of high school at 175 pounds. So I looked like a bean pole already. So you put black socks <laughs> up to my knees and I really look like a bean pole at that point. Yeah. So Lolly, uh, lollipop on top of shoulders. Yes, like exactly. Long, skinny neck <laughs> big old ears. I had big old ears, you know, until my head finally grew into it a little bit. But, uh, so anyway, so I end up at West Point and um, I get there and I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart, looking at everybody that's there. And, you know, we got a lot of quarterbacks, a lot. And, you know, by the time we actually start practicing, I realized that, hey, you know, I'm number nine on the depth chart on this thing. I'm never going to see the field here. Never. I was third on the depth chart out of the plebes that were there. There were two plebes ahead of me. So I hardly got any reps whatsoever as a plebe. Uh, Coach Gregory was our offensive coordinator, uh, great X and O's guy. But, man, the first day we came back um, to actually go do football practice, we had to run the 40. And this is coming through Beast Barracks, right? I think I ran a 5-1 in basketball shoes is what I wore. And he came up to me after that, and he goes, son, you'll never play for me. You're just too daggum slow. Well, of course, I, here I am going, man, I was a three-year starter at a big-time program in Texas football, and I'm not going to get a shot here. So I'm already, you know, talking to myself saying, you ain't going to make it. You ain't going to make it. And so obviously the phone calls start happening with the dad, you know, and, hey, the coach says I'm not any good. And he's like, man, you haven't even been to practice yet. What do you mean you're not any good? And he's like, you got to, you know, pick it up, son. It's, it's time to grow up and be a man. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, there's some other schools out there that will look at me. I need to, you know, maybe go transfer somewhere else. He said, you ain't doing nothing. You're staying right there. And, uh, of course, I had a high school girlfriend. You know, she and I were still talking. She was in high school. She was a year behind me. So, you know how that is. You got the puppy love going on. Yeah, we, we lose. there's always a few football players who lose to that situation every absolutely. year. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny because my parents told her, they're like, you do not tell him to come home. Do not tell him to come home. And uh, she never did. She never once told me to come home. In fact, uh, she ended up becoming my wife. We've actually been married now for 23 years. Um, 2% club. Did, All right. Yeah, she did a really good job of, you know, <laughs> making sure that she never told me to come home. Even though she told me, she said, I wanted to tell you three or four times to come home, but I never did. Yeah. But, uh, so we did that long-distance relationship. She was, she was at the University of Texas and, and me in New York. But uh, So anyway, you know, I go through plebe year, ninth on the depth chart. And uh, not getting any practice. I mean, I'd get in there for scout team reps on occasion. But every time I did, I'd screw up or something. And coaches are hollering at me, telling me to get out of there. Or they're telling me to run it again after we've done it. And then you get killed because the defense knows exactly what you're doing. 
and uh, you know, Slomka and those guys are freaking, you know, sticking you in the ground and stepping on you and whatever, having having a lot of fun with the plebes. But uh, it was a lot, you know. I, I remember Slomka very well because he played defensive line, and and uh, as I got a little better and got a little bit more practice time later on in the season, I would make fun of those guys, you know, and I'd go up and say stuff, you know, uh, under center. You know, I can't say it here on on the podcast, but, you know, I, I might call their mom something or something like that, you know, while I'm doing the cadence and, of course, get them all riled up and pissed off at us. And and uh, and then I'd say, hey, you know, somebody else, you come in and play quarterback now so I could go stand over there and they could get killed. But you know, we had a lot of fun with that, a whole lot of fun. And uh, still, when I see those guys at games and stuff, they still come up and I harass them about all that and they harass me. So that's a good time. But, but I seriously did not expect to play, didn't expect to – have a shot or do anything. Um, like I said, never dressed out for a, a game plebe year, not one. Uh, all the other quarterbacks did. In fact, I think all the other plebes did. If, if I look back on it, everybody that stayed around, everybody got to dress out for a game except for me. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote can't. the bus. Go ahead. Fuel, man. The fuel. I, I can, I, I'm watching you. I'm watching you retell it. And it's like I, I got sweat it. coming off my forehead talking about it, you know. Yeah, I can I can see that it, it fueled you to do something about this. Like this is not going to be my path. Well, it's kind of funny because I really didn't know what my path was right then. I, you know, I had uh, Heath Bates was who was a year ahead of me. Uh, he was class of '96. He was still he was on scout team. And after the season, when we got into spring ball, I was still running scout team. Um, you know, getting more reps now because they actually moved one of the one of the freshman quarterbacks or plead quarterbacks and moved him over to running back. Uh, me and another guy were kind of taking turns. Uh, Charles Kane were taking turns doing reps. Well, all of a sudden, Heath Bates and I started connecting. I mean, we were tearing up the defense on pass plays. We were tearing up the defense on option plays. You name it. We were, we were just having fun out there. We kind of made a game out of it, just he and I. And we just started tearing up the defense. Well, next thing I know, Gregory comes up to me and he goes, man, I don't understand this, but you're the fastest quarterback I have getting from the fullback to the read key. He said, so keep it up, keep doing what you're doing. And of course that's the first time I ever felt like, Hey, I got some hope here. Maybe I get to do something. And plus people started moving around, you know, you had your seniors graduate. So I think I went from ninth on the depth chart. I think we lost two. So maybe three. So I went to like six and eventually to five. I was really hoping to get to that four because you know, if you, if, if you're fourth on the depth chart, at least you get to travel. And you know the big thing about traveling, Steve, is you get the heck out of West Point on Friday yeah. night, right? You get to <laughs> at least go to the hotel, you know, in Mawa, New Jersey. Or or if you're traveling, you get to get on that that bus or that plane and, and just get out of there and get the stress out of being at West Point off of you and being a part of the team. So, um, you know, at the end of spring ball, I was actually number four on the depth chart. And I was the top sophomore on the depth chart. So I had two seniors. I had – uh uh, Mike Makovic and uh, uh, man, I've just went blank. Roper, Rick Roper, they were the two seniors. And then you had Steve Carpenter, who was a junior, and then you had me. And Steve Carpenter had also been moved to running back, so he was kind of playing running back since he was third on the depth chart. But uh, Roper and Mike Makovic were the two uh, the two starting quarterbacks, and so I was just kind of along for the ride, having a good time at this point, you know, just kind of buying my time and figuring here in the next couple of years, I'm going to get a shot. But we go into the season and, and uh, that gum Rick Roper, sixth play of the first game tears his ACL. 
So all of a sudden I go from fourth to third. And uh, second game of the season, we played Duke on national television. Mike McCovey gets a start. And in the second quarter, I believe, he rolls his ankle real bad. So Steve Carpenter goes in. He plays the third quarter. Duke Duke was a, a really good team that year. They they battled against uh, Florida State for the ACC championship. So we ended up getting killed on national television. But I did get to go in in the fourth quarter. In fact, uh, Lee Corso is one of my favorite guys because he was actually announcing that game. He didn't know how to say my name. He kept calling me Makita. But he kept saying, I like this Makita kid. I think this Makita kid can do something. Maybe he'll be starting by the time they get to the Navy game, you know, because he's a big Navy guy. So I always liked Lee Corso, but he butchered the heck out of my name. <laughs> but, uh, and I went in in the fourth quarter. We're getting killed. And for some reason, we decided, hey, you know, we're going to run play action pass. That's a good idea when you're getting killed. So I throw two interceptions uh, against Duke um, in my one quarter that I got to play. So it's not like I had a great showing coming out there for Duke. So why, why Lee likes me, I had no idea. Um, so then we go into week three. We play Temple at home. Uh, Steve Carpenter, the junior, he starts the game. And after the first quarter, we're down. I think we're down 12 or 13 to nothing. I think we have negative yards of offense. We're just not doing anything. We're not moving the ball at all. And next thing you know, Gregory's like, Makeda, you're in. Start second quarter. Let's go. And uh, I remember this to this day. I remember running out on the field and the fans at Mikey Stadium just went nuts. They gave me a standing ovation. They were cheering, the hair sticking up on my arms. I go in, I'm pumped up. I'm like, hey, this is my shot. I'm going to do something here. And the very first play, I throw an interception. Throw a pick. <laughs> Trying to hit Ron Thomas down the right sideline on a wheel route and throw an interception. Um, luckily, we shook that off. We actually uh, came back in that game. We took the lead. Should have won the game. They kicked the field goal on us at the end to beat us. Um, but I kind of I had a good game, especially running the option. Kind of solidified myself as, hey, you know, this may be a guy that can do something here. And um, ended up finishing out that season. Mike McCovic came back at the end of the year, but they left me in as, as a starting quarterback. And then Army-Navy, they rotated us back and forth, which was great because it's his senior year. I was glad he got an opportunity to do that. But that was a close game. I think we beat Navy that year 22-20. to 20. That was the, the first opportunity I had to play an Army-Navy game. And so it was totally different from being in the stands as a plea to now all of a sudden having that opportunity to, to, to play in that game. And I remember I remember the first half of that game, my legs felt like spaghetti. I could not get my body because I was so excited and so nervous at the same time to play in that game. I could not get my body under control. Uh, during that first half. And the second half, I came up a lot better. Man, I just remember my legs just feeling like they could never get underneath me uh, during the first half of that game. That's that's how exciting that game was. But, uh, man, what a blast. And then, uh, you know, then obviously from there, I got to play the next two years and uh, was injury-free for most of that. I, I had a really bad high ankle sprain my senior year, missed a couple games. Adam Thompson came in and, and uh, got to play a couple games, which is good for him. But, uh, man, we had a – we, you know, we had a good junior year. Everybody talks about our senior year because we were 10 and 2. But if you go back and look at the, the 95 season, I mean, we had a much tougher schedule in 95. We went 5-5-1 five, five and one that year. Um, but we played the University of Washington at Washington. We led the entire game until the very end. And then we, were, we lost by eight, and we were on the one-yard line getting ready to score. Um, that was probably the loudest stadium I'd ever been in. They had set up extra bleachers because they were playing Notre Dame the week after us. 
Uh, and then they ended up selling out our game. So the, the end zone we were going down to, they had put bleachers all in, the, in that end zone. And it was so loud that the offensive lineman could not even hear me call the cadence. Mm. And uh, so we ended up losing that game by, by eight. Um, we played Boston College that year at Boston College. Uh, we went in there and just beat the dog out of them. We were at 42 nothing at half. I'm sure you all know of a guy named Matt Hasselback. Like quarterback for Seattle and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so he that was his first start. He was a sophomore that year. <clears throat> I'll give you a story on that in a minute. But um, we ended up beating them 49 to 7. I think ESPN even said at, at halftime, they're like, hey, this is not a misprint. Army is actually beating Boston College 42 to nothing. <laughs> uh, so um, and then we we tied Rice that year, which was a actually a bad tie. We should have beat beat them pretty good. Uh, East Carolina beat us by six, and they were a bowl team that year. Air Force, we went into Air Force. We jumped up on Air Force 14 to nothing. And I'll tell you the difference between that junior year and that senior year. The junior year team, you know, we weren't very good in the previous years. We actually had a good team that year. We just didn't know how to win. You know, yeah. we didn't – we would get a lead and we wouldn't keep it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ronnie, I, I – look, I, I feel very similar about my junior and senior year, man. We had guys like Ali Villanueva. We had Vicky Guinea. We had Ted Bentler. We had we had all these guys, uh, but we just we weren't used to winning. Yeah, three and nine, three and nine, zero and twelve. Yeah. Like those yeah. are the histories. We went five and seven, and there was three games that year that shit. We could have won that game. We could have easily right. been right. You know, seven and five. You know, and uh, we just couldn't couldn't hold on to the lead, or we couldn't finish a game, or we we cost ourselves. Um, and it was it was actually that junior those juniors there that experienced that yeah that grew from that right yeah. and that's what propelled us into finally a six and six season that allowed us to go to a bowl game and yeah. and, and win a bowl game and that's but exactly it's funny, what Ronnie, does. Ronnie it's funny you say this right because you're five five and one you're sitting there looking like hey that was a that was a better team it's just history doesn't remember. You know, losers, man. They only remember no, winners. They don't remember that. You know, they don't. They remember. They don't remember the five, five, and one. Even though we were probably just as good of a team that year yeah. as we were the next year. I, I 100% agree with you. And right. the schedule just wasn't quite as tough the next year. You know, and uh, and we ended up ten and two that year. I mean, we we played good ball, and, and I don't think we had a close game all year, but we learned how to get over that hump. You know, we lost to Notre Dame our junior year, 28-27 at Giant Stadium. We went for two. That was the year before overtime. It wasn't overtime in college football yet. And I remember we scored with about a minute 10 left on the clock. And uh, Coach Sutton was like, well, do we want to kick it for the tie or go for the win? And we're like, we're going for the win. What do you mean? We ain't going for no tie. And we had the perfect play set up for it. And Ron Lashinsky, our tight end, which everybody knows him, you know, he's big time tight end. He came off the line of scrimmage and was supposed to get one yard deep in the end zone. And their outside linebacker hit him right across the face and knocked his helmet sideways. So he was looking through his ear hole. So when he turned, he got confused on where he was and didn't know him by the time he got squared up and I threw him a pass, hit him right in the chest. He catches it. He thinks he's in the end zone. He turns and little Ivory Covington from Notre Dame hits him and knocks him out of bounds at the six inch line. And lo and behold, he got the, you know, the college football defensive play of the year and we lose 28, 27. But uh, like I said, we had a good squad that year too. Right. Just gets overlooked because of the tendency. What about what, talk to me about um, kind of how the seniors were that year as a junior, right? You're sitting there as a junior, 
you're going through that season and you're like, all right, like, you, you know, every, every athlete, especially at West Point goes through this, like, all right, this is my last, this is my last year. All right. Yeah. So I got to be better, not just on the field, but I got to be a better leader because this is our last chance to get this right. Can you talk about kind of the core group of, of junior leaders that kind of um, really stepped up as seniors and, and held people accountable and just kind of how you transition from that junior leader, your starting quarterback, right? The, you know, kind of like the, you know, you are the leader, but you're the informal leader because right. most football teams consider seniors the leaders of the team to where now you're the starting senior quarterback um, and kind of talk about that dynamic a little bit. Well, I will say, you know, my junior year, we had great senior leadership. Uh, Joel Davis was our offensive captain. Man, I, I got to, I got to, I was one of the first people Ben Kawika brought to our prep school to meet was uh, Joel Davis. And man, is he a, is he he's a massive. giant man and a giant he, personality. He showed up in Mesquite and what, and my dad owns a used car lot in downtown Mesquite. He showed up in Mesquite and opened the door. And my dad said, when he walked through the door, there was no sunlight coming through. He just took up <laughs> the entire frame. But yes, he was a beast of a man. Uh, probably one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen, especially a cadet I've ever seen. Uh, but anyway, he was he was a, a great offensive captain. Him and Eddie Stover, two big offensive linemen that we had. Uh, and then you had Jim Cantaloupe on the defensive side, who was a safety a captain. I mean, he was a, he was a born leader. So we had great senior leadership that year, which actually helped us. You know, Ben Kotwicka and Ron Lashinsky, those were our two offensive and defensive captains. Uh, and then you have myself, who's, you know, a three-year starter as well at quarterback. Lashinsky was a four-year starter at all, on offense. Um, so we just kind of took the reins from those guys. They handed it down to us, and we just we just kept going with what they taught us. You know, the big thing for us was, you know, we can't look ahead at, at any other team. We can't look ahead at Syracuse. We can't look ahead at Air Force. can't look ahead at Navy. We had to take every game one game at a time. So our motto back then was 1-0. Which uh, I'm sure Kyle, we could talk to y'all about whenever y'all were at the prep school, but we and we broke it down even smaller than that. You know, it was one one and zero in practice. You know, one and zero for the week, one and zero for the day, one and zero for the week, one and zero for uh, for the game. And that was just our motto throughout the year. And and it started that way. And it's funny because when we started, I think we played Miami. Let's see, no, we played University of Ohio the very first week, and we got down fourteen to nothing like that. And, of course, everybody said, oh, here we go, same old Army team, you know, going to have another five and five season or something like that. And we all got together on the sidelines and said, hey, wait a second, we worked way too hard for this. Let's do what we're capable of doing. And I think that kind of turned our season around because we went out and we just beat the living dog out of them the rest of the game and left no doubt. And from then on, every game was that way until we ran into Donovan McNabb and Syracuse in the, yeah. in the carrier dome. And I, I'll be honest with you. They beat us. I think they beat us forty-two to seventeen, but it wasn't. It was a closer game than that. Um, we could move the ball between the twenty and twenty, and for some reason we would stall every time we got inside the twenty-yard line. But it was a hard-fought um, battle between both teams. They had a lot of speed, no doubt, um, with Donovan McNabb and those guys. But I would say that when we got done and they got done, they looked at us and they were like, "We don't want to play you guys again." Yeah. You know, that's the way it was, Steve, with most of the teams that we played. And I'm sure you guys are the same way. We were going to come tooth and nail. And we were going to battle you the entire game. And when we got done, they were like, we don't ever want to see you guys again. You know? I know that that 96 team, right, was referenced a lot, especially, Steve, when you played, right? I mean, you always heard about this is the, the 
the, the last time it happened was in 1996, right? Through a lot. Right. And now you see the success that Army's having with under Jeff Monk and Ronnie. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but is is it nice to see that, you know, there's there is uh, there is now a a renewed spirit a winning spirit in Army football that maybe the 1996 team is not as referenced as much as it is was in the past or no, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's always nice to be referenced, but you, you want your alma mater, you want your team, you want your brothers to succeed. And year after year, when you're still referenced as the last team to go 10 and 0, the last team to, or 10 and 2, the last team to, to beat Navy four years in a row, that, that stretch that we had of 14 years in a row of not beating Navy, whoo, that was rough. I mean, I would, I would give, Teams going 12 and take it all. Forget about the 96 team. Let's just beat Navy every year. I could care less about talking about 96. Let's just beat Navy. Uh, that was a rough patch. And uh, Coach Munkin coming in and changing the culture and, and bringing back the toughness of Army football has been fantastic. And, I hey, I could care less that they talk about the 96 team. Yeah. Let's talk about the 2021 team. Let's talk about the 2020 team. Let's yeah. talk about those guys because – They've done a great job and a lot of success, and uh, it's been fun to watch them grow. It's been it's been fun to watch them beat Navy every year, bring the Commander in Chief's Trophy home. I mean, we only did that one time. You know, my senior wow. year was the only time we ever held the Commander in Chief Trophy. So it's nice to have it, you know, year after year after year, the way they're doing it right now. Yeah, yeah no, uh, you know, 0-8 against Service Academies in my career, so not very exciting there. But the, the 96 team was – Part of the motivation of our one of our, you know, we had shirts made that said "Bring it back," right? Right. Bring it back, and it, it referred to bring winning back. Right. Right. Like uh, I'll never forget um, when we finally won that bowl game. You know, Coach Ellerson gave me a big hug, and he said, "You did it. You brought it back." And it, it, I knew how important winning at Army was because that's all all the mentors and all the guys that had come before me said like, Hey, it matters, Steve winning fucking matters. Um, so that was part of the motivation was the nice, you know, bringing it back. I mean, uh, by the way, I was, at guys, that um, yeah, yeah. The I, first, the first time I met Ronnie was on the sidelines of that game, Steve, I was watching yeah. you guys win that game. Uh, I was, uh, had a few, few quick words with Ronnie at, at the final seconds of that game. Um, I yeah, probably, was I probably would have had the courage after that game. If I'm talking <laughs> about <Sergeant Ryan. laughs> I hope so. So I hope so. Uh, you brought it back. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let's, um, here's, here's a good segment. Let's, let's talk about what this week means to, um, army football and just old grads, Ronnie. We're just, we're just old grads now. Right. I know. And getting know? older. I told my wife today, I was like, Oh my gosh! This is the 25th anniversary of the 1996 Army Navy game, which was my senior yeah. year. I'm yeah. like, she go. She looked at me. She said, "Sorry, honey, you're just getting old." Well, I just saw. I just saw Army got the Armed Forces Bowl, yeah. right? And I'm like, man, that was 11 years. ago. I did that shit 11 years 11 ago. 11 years ago. Jesus Christ! Crazy, I, ain't, isn't it? I am not. I'm. I'm done. I'm washed yeah. up, man. Yeah. So, I'm, but uh, so let's just let's just so the, let's talk about the week. Let's talk about the core. So you're, you know, you guys were preparing for Navy. Um, you got you guys playing Philly. I'm assuming your year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We played. So we played in Giant Stadium freshman year, plebe year, and then Philly the last three years. So let's um talk. Just talk about 
the kind of like the the mentality of going into this week. I know we want to say that you know it's just another game, you know, one and no, no, no. all that. It's stuff. not another game. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I kind of always look at this as the beginning of of bowl season, right? right. Army Navy's for me. I know you had all the conference championships last weekend, but for me, this game is what starts bowl season. It's the only game on. Um, so kind of talk about how you guys, you know, again, leadership challenge, right? Is keeping guys in check, making sure they're doing the right things, um, and making sure you come away with that W. You know, I don't ever remember us having a problem with getting ready for a Navy game. You know, it was the one game. Of course, you got to remember, too, we went through three years where the most games we won were five, you know, the first three years. Uh, so the, the army Navy game was obviously our bowl game for those, yeah. for those first three years, you know, you had to beat Navy. That's the, that's the only thing that mattered. I mean, air force, you know, beating air force was great, but you had to beat Navy. That was the big one. And uh, you know, senior year was a little different. Now we're, um, we're nine and one, going into this game. They're eight and two going into this game. It's the first time ever that both academies had at least eight wins going into the game. Um, both of us had beaten Air Force, so now we're playing for the Commander-in-Chief trophy. First time that that's happened to us in, since the 80s. Um, and the winner of that game was going to go to the um, Poulon Weed Eater Bowl in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, the Independence Bowl, right? Yeah. The loser wasn't guaranteed a bowl. So you could we could have been nine and two that year and not guaranteed a bowl because there just wasn't as many bowl games back then. So, you know, that was a huge, huge game for us. Yeah. And, you know, I you say you treat it as just a regular, you know, everybody says, oh, it's just another game. You're supposed to go. No, man. Everybody knows when you play Navy, it's not just another game. It is the game. It is the only reason that you're there to play football, honestly, is to play against Navy. The rest of the season, you could lose every game. As long as you beat Navy, then everybody's going to be happy. But so it wasn't just another game for us. And I know it wasn't just another game for you. It was the game. And we went into that game, even more motivation this year or that year, my, the senior year. And, um, you know, we felt prepared. We were ready to get after it. We were ready to go. Um, we were playing 1-0 just like we did every single week. Uh, this one was just a lot bigger one than the other ones, you know. And uh, unfortunately for us, we got in there and and Navy, they was a good team that year, good squad. And, uh, you know, they jumped up on us 21 to 3. I uh, don't know if you know this. That's the largest comeback in Army-Navy history was uh, that was the 96 game. We were down 18 points. and uh, But nobody ever blinked because we had learned from the previous year how to win, yeah. you know. So nobody blinked. I remember when they scored to go up 21 to 3, uh, Tony Bianchi, which is one of our defensive linemen, came to the sidelines. He had his head down just a little bit. And I remember grabbing him by the face and looking him eye to eye and say, hey, you get your head up, man. We're winning this game. This game's not even close to being over. We're winning this football game. And, man, from right then on, I think I think that's right after right after that, we had a, I had a 44-yard touchdown run. Um, we got a pick right before half and kicked a field goal. So now we're back in the game. It's, I think it's 21 to – 13 at, at half, uh, first play of the second half, I pitch it to, to Bobby Williams. He takes it 80 yards to the house for a touchdown. Uh, we go for two. We run midline option up the middle. I get hit by the linebacker, duck underneath another linebacker, stretch the ball across the goal line, which if they had instant replay like they do now, it would have counted. We'd have had that game tied. Ball slipped out of my hand right before I hit the ground. They called it a fumble. 
Uh, but we end up coming back. You know, Taquinko gets a pick later on in the game, and uh, we go on to win that game 28-24. And I will tell you, that is by far the most fun game I've ever played in in my entire life. I mean, when it was done, we were completely exhausted, mentally, physically, you name it. Um, and at the same time, I knew playing against uh, the middle linebacker in the team, Clint Bruce. I played against him in high school. He went to South Garland. He became a Navy SEAL. But I knew how much it meant to him, too. And immediately when they blew that whistle, I ran over to him and just put my arms around him because I knew how bad, as, as good as I felt, I yeah. knew how bad he felt. I just knew I knew how bad he felt, and I felt felt so bad for him that he was never going to feel what I felt over the last four years of beating, you know, beating the other side. But uh, yeah, well, at the end of the day, better hit, you know, better, better him than, than, than him. him. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. And we, you know what? He and I still talk about that to this day. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's it's bonded you guys forever now. That's right. Well, we actually have a flag football game that we played in a few years later over here in Dallas. Roger Staubach, Chad Hennings, all those guys come out and play. And, uh, you know, I was a kid that I ran over him my se our senior year. My 44-yard touchdown run was a midline option up the middle. And I met him face-to-face. -face, and he went to hit me and knock me, you know, knock me out. Well, I just kind of jumped in the air. And when I did, he hit me and I bounced off. And then I went 44 yards for a touchdown. So I just tell everybody I ran him over. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so when he sees me, he, you know, of course, he's a big old grizzly bear now. And uh, when he sees me, he's like, you did not run me over. I thought, man, you, go watch the film. Go yeah. watch the film. Sky in the eye don't lie, baby. That's right. It, it doesn't lie. So <laughs> I had a lot of fun with him. With that. Ronnie, do you remember the fourth and 24 play um, in the Army-Navy game? You remember like that play? Like it was yesterday. Yeah. Like it was yesterday. The funny thing about that, I threw that pass to one of my best friends that I had at West Point, John Graves. Mm -hmm. So John and I were in the same company as Plebe. He was a year ahead of me. I was a Plebe. He was a yuck. And uh, we were in the same company. He kind of, uh, I'm sorry, I was a sophomore and he was a junior. It was the second year. But he kind of took me under his wing, um, took care of me. And um, we became really tight, really close friends. And so making that pass on 4th and 24 and having the drive, you know, in 95 to uh, to beat Navy. Yeah, I mean. 99 yards, right? 99 and a half. <laughs> don't give you that half yard. I mean, when the ball was when we when we got up there to to snap it, the ball was about three inches away from the goal line. How Navy didn't score and didn't try to run it in or kick a field goal, I have no idea. They tried to throw a stupid pass and you know incomplete, and uh, then we go ninety nine and a half yards to beat them fourteen to thirteen. But uh, yeah, it's incredible, man. It's just incredible. Like you know, it's all these cliches that Hollywood acts up and everything. It's like you said, Ronnie. Like you grab you grab a teammate by the face mask, told him to hey. Get get your chin up, like we're winning this game. Like pe people don't realize how much of an impact that can have from the right person at the right time in a game, right? Right. And you Absolutely. see it cliched on Hollywood and and in all these football movies, but like the reason they do that is because they do athletes do that in real life, sure. And then teams come back, right? And um, I just think it's uh, you know, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm still active duty. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about leadership. I still believe the best thing that prepared me to be an infantry officer in the United States Army is Army football. I will 100% argue with anybody about that. <laughs> and um, well, they don't situations like that where guys are sucking, guys are feeling sorry for themselves, or, or you know, maybe you are. And it yep. takes your brother or it takes yep. someone to pull you up or look at you, it could be a look, it could be a grab, it could be a word, it could be a right. phrase. 
But that leadership is why um, it's so like it, it's it's so magnified, um, especially in those games, and why it matters to have guys that are not afraid to tell other guys, "Hey, we're, we're winning. Like, hey, we didn't suit up today to lose. Let's go." Yeah. Well, you're talking about that fourth and twenty-four. So I remember in that huddle, you know, it's fourth and twenty-four, and we get in the huddle and they call the play, and Joel Davis looks at everybody and he says. Give him fucking three seconds to throw the goddamn gum football. And they did. They gave me the time to throw it. And John ran a perfect route. And as soon as I released it, I'm like, he's going to score. And I ended up going out of bounds at the one-yard line because I threw it a little bit too far left. But uh, watching that play, and I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever actually watched the play, but if you if you if you watch the live game of it, you know, they they pan on John. And then they turn around and they pan it on me. And I give him one of these points. I point at him. Just, I mean, in my facial expression, everything is just like, you're the man. I mean, way to go. And every time I see that, and I'm just talking about it, the hair stands up on my arms. Because hmm. it was just such an amazing play at an amazing, crucial time in the biggest game of our life. And the biggest game of his life because it was his senior year. And to be able to pull that off and then eventually score and beat them. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I play, I can, I got to be honest with you. I was very blessed. I played in three of the greatest Army-Navy wins that Army's ever had. You know, yeah. we played in three games with a combined total score win of seven points, hmm. 22 to 20, 14 to 13, and 28 to 24. Every game we played came down to the end, whether it was a field goal or a missed field goal or whatever. But I played in three and for years, for 10, 15 years after that, whenever they do the Army-Navy Classics that they put on, one of those games was always on one of those Army-Navy Classics because it was such a tight game every year. So I feel very blessed to not only have gotten to play in the Army-Navy games, but to play in those three games. Incredible. I was going to ask you what you uh, think about Army's qu- current quarterbacks. And if – because you were talking – Steve, you were talking about that kind of Ronnie possessed everything that you needed in an option quarterback, right? Back then, speed. I lack speed. That's the only thing I didn't. I didn't have. Yeah, what do what you think of the guys now that are playing quarterback for Army and what they're bringing to the table? You know, it's kind of crazy. I, and really, it's been this way for the last few years. But it seems like we go through five or six quarterbacks almost every year. Yeah. You know, we're every time I watch a game, I'm like, all right, who's this kid? You know. And then next thing I know, the second or the second drive, another kid's in. So back when I played, it was as long as I was healthy, I was playing the whole game. And now, man, there was a time a couple years ago, I think we rotated four different quarterbacks through in one game. Crazy. And uh, so it was kind of funny to watch. But um, the, the neat thing about it is they all bring something different to the tables. One of them's a really good thrower. One of them's a really good runner. One can do a little bit of both. And uh, and so watching them play, I, I kind of like the dynamics of it because I always enjoyed the passing side of the option, you yep. know, sucking them in on that, on that option play and then dumping something over their head and making – you know, making them look stupid. So having a guy in there that can do both, um, I appreciate that guy compared to just the runner. And you're not going to have just a passer whenever you're running the option. But, um, you know, even even um, um, I want to say back, I don't know, the first year that they went, went won nine games or ten games and beat Navy. Yeah. Uh, they had a they had a really good running quarterback. Bradshaw. Really yeah. In fact, I have a helmet back here. I think his year, he signed it for me at, wow. at, the, at the game. Um, 
But yeah, Bradshaw, man, what a great runner he was, great running quarterback. But the one thing he lacked was the throwing side of the game. Yeah. So they had to rely on that running game, which he did an excellent job of. And but I always missed the throwing throwing part of that. And so seeing a quarterback like they have right now that can come in and, and run it and throw it, um, that's fun for me to watch. Yeah, Christian Anderson. Uh, man, Ronnie, when you see Army win games without completing a pass or even attempting a pass in the Jeff Munkin era, that's just that's that's crazy stuff, isn't it? It is crazy. It's crazy to me. Um, again, because I was a thrower, I like to throw the ball. And it's funny because my my sophomore year when Mike McCovic and I, you know, went in and out, they would say, "All right, well, McCade is the thrower and McCovic's the runner," you know. And but which, <laughs> if you go back and watch the game. Every time McCovic would come in, we would throw the ball. And every time I was in, we would run the ball. So it was complete opposite of what we were supposed to be doing. I think I rushed for 120-something yards in that game. And I don't know that I threw more than two passes. But, yet he came in, and he seems like he threw every time and hardly had any running stats. So uh, it's kind of a weird deal. But uh, how, about this com- how about this comment? Nothing was sweeter than McKay passing the ball over the line when we had the ball inside the three-yard line. <laughs> Defense is only set up for a run. Right, set up for a run, right. I got to look for the big tight end, Ron Lashinsky, you know. Had to hit him. So, he can't miss that target. He was a big boy. No doubt, man. Well, I mean, we can we can probably talk forever. It's been really amazing hearing the stories and, and the inside stuff that we probably would, would not know about. Um, you get into West Point, working your way up the depth chart, and just the memories, right, Ronnie? There's, I mean, like you said, I mean – they, they stay with you, those memories, right? It's like you recounting the plays, the drives, the moments. is just what this program is all about, right, Steve? The, the the brotherhood, the memories, and just now seeing the program where it's at right now, I mean. No, it's, it's good. It's, it's really good to have – I mean, we really needed Army back on top where it is right now. And, and you can't say enough about what Coach Munkin and his staff has done uh, the, the type of caliber of players that they're bringing in now, um, you know, the much better athletes than I was back when I played. I mean, I go up there and watch these guys. I'm like, golly, these guys are huge. And, uh, you know, so it's fun to watch every week. I, you know, I usually just get to watch about the first half. Luckily we're blowing people out by 21 points usually by then. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, it's, you don't have to be ashamed of being an army football player whenever army's good. You know, because they're like, oh, you played at Army? Oh, yeah, Army's eight and three this year, you know, and they're going to play over here in the Armed Forces Bowl. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's fun to see. It's 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 um, it's nice that we can actually beat Air Force on a consistent basis. It's nice that we compete against Navy every year. You know, even if we don't beat Navy every year, we're competing, you know, and that's the big thing. Yeah, the, so it's uh, fun. you know, I got a really good buddy who I went to school, I went to West Point with, and he's Ohio State, <clears throat> you know, fan, and he talks about Ohio State, Michigan. Um, and he's got a, he's, uh, we've got another buddy who went to Ohio state. Um, you know, obviously he's a Ohio state fan and, um, you know, he always talks about the game, right? Everybody talks about Michigan, Ohio state's the game. Right. And I always have to correct them. No, no, we know what the true game is. Yes. Right. You know, um, we so know. you know, really, hey, speaking um, of Ohio state, you know, little Jackson Smith, the wide receiver over there, Jackson Smith and then Jibba number 11. Yeah. Yep. So I coached him in Pee Wee football. He's from right over here in Rockwall. He used to come over to nice. Spain. Now, Ronnie, are you down? Are you down in Texas? Yes, okay. I live in Sunnyvale, right outside Dallas, just east of Dallas. Okay, all right, good. Because um, 
right. You know, that's, you know, I'm, I, you know, when I talk about, I drove through Dallas um, on my way cross country from Benning to, to Colorado Springs. Um, it's actually quite a, quite a few army football players in that area. I don't know if you've linked up with any of them, but um, I know a lot of my, I, I know just me personally, there's like six of my classmates that are working in Dallas or right outside of Dallas. So most of my guys are in Houston. It seems like there's a bunch in Houston. Most of my classmates, there's probably, so, I don't think uh, out there, you know, having a, having a, a brand new uh, baby boy on Friday. I don't think I'm going to make it down to, to the armed forces bowl, but I do know. I did did you name him Ronnie? Back. That's what I want to know, Steve. Did you name him Ronnie? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, we we in the Anderson family, I've kept the, the AA brand, so I've got Ace, Asher, and Arden now. So. Okay, awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, the Army will play in the Armed Forces Bowl in, in Dallas in a few weeks. So they play Missouri, and, uh, you know, the fan base there, uh, Ronnie, I don't know, did you get to see the Air Force game in person? Um, I didn't. My daughter, like I said, is a freshman in high school. Yeah. And that was her first varsity basketball game. She made varsity as a freshman. So uh, I was wow. over there watching her. So, God, the things we do for our kids. Uh, believe me, I know it. I know it. <laughs> big, big, big fan base in, in that Dallas area, but for Army football. So it should be well attended. But we got the oh, yeah. big game on Saturday versus Navy. Yeah, Ronnie, we got, we got a, um, a watch party out here in Colorado Springs. So. I'm bolting straight from uh, straight from six year old basketball straight to the to the watch party in Colorado Good. Springs, watching it. Big turnout. A buddy of mine who I played football with um, running out the bar, so it's going to be only Army and Navy fans in there. So uh, that'll class. be a blast. My wife was, you know, she don't know if she's going to go with the baby. She don't know if it's the right spot. And I'm like, uh, it's literally the only spot he belongs at that. Maybe in a bar. It's not that big a deal. Come on. <laughs> But I'm breaking my six and five year old. I don't care. There you go. Yeah. I'm, they need. They need. They need to see it. So I, I'm. You know, obviously a big week. I'm excited. Always fun watching Army. Um, you know, I think. You know, just by the nature of what we've done in life, we'll, we'll be Army fans. Um, you know, to the end of our time. Oh, absolutely. Um, glad to hear. You know, your yeah. your your kids are athletes. Gives me hope when my kids grow up, they'll be athletes too. Uh, I didn't say they were athletes. I just said they play sports. <laughs> yeah the uh the saturdays never end so no they don't it's awesome don't. but ronnie it's been great catching up with you man i appreciate you you coming on and and just uh you know hey go army beat navy beat the hell out of them thanks guys i really appreciate it. enjoyed it let's do it again absolutely thanks for coming on ronnie no problem y'all take care <laughs>